0: Hey everybody and welcome to Unhappy Endings, a rewatch podcast devoted entirely to the cancelled-too-soon ABC sitcom Happy Endings. I'm Neil McNeil and with me this week is my guest host,
1: Jillian Leff,
0: and we are going to be watching what was supposed to be episode 6 of season 2, Lying Around. Hey Jillian hi thanks for coming all this way
1: oh my god i know i came from studio city this is like big
0: this is this is a big deal i went
1: over the hill for you
0: this is this is true love right here
1: (laughs) always it has (laughs) been since day one it
0: has been now jillian why don't you tell the internet a little bit about yourself uh how we know each other what you do out here and where to find you on the internet
1: sure so uh right now i actually have a couple jobs Mm -hmm. um i'm the senior editor of perezhilton.com I also do some voiceover work uh, for Channel Frederator. And um, I host on AfterBuzz TV, which coincidentally is a podcast. Um, I host (laughs) the How to Get Away with Murder recap podcast and also the Fosters podcast. Uh, And you can find me on Twitter at Jillian Leff on Instagram at Jilly Leff or my Facebook page, Jillian Leff official. I'm kind of everywhere.
0: Yeah, a little bit. A little everywhere bit. you want to be. What it's perfect because you and I can't seem to get away from each other.
1: It's so weird, Neil. Like I remember meeting Neil in college and it was so hard for me to sort of get in. We both went to Emerson together. And it was sort of weird for me to get into that like male TV group because Neil was like a part of this kind of bro
0: culture (laughs) it was like
1: a bro fold and i sort of like weaseled my way in there so it was like jill and the bros and that's how i kind of met neil and then we ended up working together after college at perez and now we both work for Federator too (laughs) which is weird and we didn't plan that and it's all very serendipitous. So I feel like the universe keeps bringing us together.
0: It really does. Like one of my coworkers, actually, um, one of the first days I was there at Frederator, she was like, "Oh, we see. I see. We have a mutual connection on LinkedIn. Uh, do you know Jillian?" And I was like, "Do I know Jillian?" Like Jillian and I, I think besides Jeff Rizzi, who was on the podcast earlier this season, you have known me like the longest out of everyone who's been on this show.
1: I think so. It, it's so funny because a lot of like I, I've I've experienced a lot of new people meeting you, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you have no idea. <laughs> like, oh, you have no idea about this kid.
0: The stories that we've shared, the experiences that we've seen, the parties that we've been to together. Many
1: a cans of Four loco Oh, and subway rides and drunken hugs. Do you
0: remember? Do you remember that one time we were driving back? I think from Roger's place, and it was me and my boyfriend at the time, Ray, on the T, and we were sitting right across from you. Didn't even plan it. We just like sat down and were like, oh, hi. And then we ended up falling asleep on the tea and you had to like wake us up at our stop to be like, hey guys, like, time to go home. Yeah and just
1: to like give you all a mental picture of who Roger is he sort of is like the hipster Jesus if you're listening hi Roger um, and we just were looking at Neil like oh shit we're gonna have to wake this kid up We were he, <laughs> Ray was literally
0: like sitting on my lap and we were just like passed out on this subway car and we are just like we were just happy we were content but and it was that's...
1: so cute cause like you're just your little face was so angelic I didn't know what to do it was like 19 year old me or 20 year old me I'm like oh my god I'm gonna have to take care of this little baby I need to put him to bed.
0: You know I was looking back at some pictures from college and I had like the sweetest, most unassuming face and you did. I was a terror. I was awful back then.
1: Well, the thing is, Neil, like we knew each other more on a professional level, mm. I think. I mean, we definitely party together. Don't yes. get me wrong. But uh, I feel like Jeff Rizzi knows a little bit more about uh, your your terror side. He knows a little bit
0: more about the underbelly. You see everything that's on the surface. <laughs> I promise I've calmed down since.
1: I know he has. I can <laughs> vouch for him.
0: So in this episode that we're watching, uh, coincidentally enough, one of the major plots, um, the big plot of the episode is that Jane has a sorority sister visiting from out of town who Brad does not want to put up with. So he lies and says he's going on a work retreat and gives himself a little staycation in the city of Chicago, not telling Jane where he's going to be exactly, um, but he ends up forgetting something at home, so he has to send Max in on on a little recon mission to kind of... uh, not give up his cover and mm-hmm. kind of blow what's going on here. And then, of course, it's Max, so he does. Um And Jane finds out that she's being lied to, but then she turns right around and lies to Brad. Uh The second plot of this episode, which is what kicks everything off, is Dave decides that he needs something for his food truck. He needs a shtick, he needs a gimmick, tries the steak tannic, and everyone just kind of was like, that's disgusting, don't ever bring that into the public. And then Max decides to help him out by giving him, uh, or Dave does a commercial, and it's awful. Mm -hmm. And Max offers his directorial hand, and uh, the commercial is quite beautiful, but not everything that Dave was hoping for, really. And finally, the last part of the episode is Penny and Alex are, you know, dating. Uh, Penny, as always, is dating, and she's going through it, and she decides that the guy that she's with isn't really for her, and she wants to trade with the guy that she set Alex up with. Which, it's kind of like the whole, it's it's a play on the switcheroo, which is, like, a very common sitcom trope, which I love. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole, like, oh, wait, like, let's switch, guys. But it's a very happy ending spin on all of this. Um, one question that I usually ask everyone before we dive into this. Mm-hmm. What's one character that you relate to the most on the show? Like, who do you feel like is the most you? Mm-hmm. And what's one of your favorite episodes?
1: Um. So... I guess I'm a mix. Okay. Okay, so I was re-watching recently and there was this one scene with Jane where she was like pushing a vision board <laughs> on Penny and I was like, oh my god, this is like low-key me. I can't deal with this because like nobody wants to be Jane. Like all the girls are like, oh my god, I'm such a Penny. Like part, like that's me, like so quirky. And I am kind of a mix between Penny and Jane, but like I guess more Jane just because I'm so type A and I think that she's type A with flair which I appreciate Mm -hmm. and also she's so different than her sister and I'm so different than my brother so it kind of all just works together but like the vision board thing really threw me I was like Oh my God, I'm staring in the mirror like I'm a beautiful blonde actress. This is crazy. Um, and my one of my favorite episodes actually coincidentally is also in season two. Um, and it is the Halloween episode.
0: Mm, spooky um, endings.
1: Loved that, loved the double baby mama costume. feel like maybe I would have done that with my friend if I had the opportunity. <laughs> um secretly have always wanted to dress up as marilyn monroe Mm -hmm. you know go to a crazy party house sit i've wanted to do all these things but i don't know i just really liked the stories uh in that episode and how they sort of intertwined
0: i love i think the episodes that are strongest in the show are the ones where all the stories kind of take place within the same not even just realm but like the same context of like a, B, and C all relates to this one overarching theme. Like, mm-hmm. this episode, everything's kind of spread out. You have the clear delineation of, like, three different plots. That episode, though, it's like they're all stuck in this warehouse. They have to, they have to like, coexist with each other, and everything's going on. Kind of like the uh, Barefoot Peddler episode in season one, where they're mm-hmm. all at the concert. Those are when this show shines the brightest.
1: Yeah, I do have to say, the episode that we're talking about today It wasn't one of my favorites Mm -hmm. and i think that just was because there was very little time for all of them to shine as a group the only time we really saw most of them together was when they were screening the commercials Mm -hmm. and to me comedically it wasn't even that great like i love the show don't get me wrong you know i love how the characters are so different and yet they all get along so wonderfully uh but it really just wasn't it didn't do it for me yeah you feel I, the same way?
0: I love, like, this show is friendship goals to me. Mm-hmm. Like, friends who don't always have to be together, but when they are together, like, everything is just perfect. Everything is wonderful. Everything is so much fun. And I understand that, like, it's not friends. They can't always all be together all the time in a coffee shop. But I do like seeing those moments of all of them coming together and having this similar, just end game mm-hmm. going on. Um, but speaking of Jane, going back to our first plot of the episode, have you ever had to lie? to your significant other. Not not because you felt like you were hiding something from them, but because you didn't want to hurt their feelings.
1: You know, I was thinking that you might ask me something about lying this episode. And to be honest, like, so my boyfriend and I met in 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were friends first, started dating in 2013, and have been together ever since. So it's about three years in. And we have this policy where we do not lie to each other about stuff. And part of me wishes that he would lie sometimes. Like, you know what, like, we're, like, talking about, you know, like, our college days or whatever, and he'd be like, yeah, I boned her. I'm like, what, you know, like, I don't need that. I don't need you to do that for me. I feel like the only thing that we might lie about is, like, food.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like, what food you want to get or what food you like? Like, it'll be
1: like, uh, like, oh, we're going to get in and out later. And then he goes and gets a burger and he's just like, oh, yeah, like, let's go do it. And then he tells me two days later, like, oh, my God, I'm so sick. I had, like, three burgers in one day or (laughs) something stupid like that. But it's so boring. Like, he smokes cigarettes Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, the only thing that we fight about and it's not even that often but he constantly lies to me about smoking and I walk in the door and I smell it right away and then my Jane turns on and I'm like, huh. I can,
0: huh. something's a little off about you, what's going on here? You
1: are not allowed to parkour in the house. <laughs> <Right? You know? laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god, I need to be like, I, I need to be cooler about these things but really we're like brutally honest with each other and I re- I think that that's how our relationship has been so successful Mm -hmm. because we don't really have any skeletons in our closet. There's nothing sort of that we're, like, going to find out about each other. And I'm still obviously learning about him. We've only been together for three years. But it's just, like, nice. And I feel like for the most part, you know, Jane is pretty honest.
0: Yeah, Jane is... Honest to a fault, I would say. Like, she very much likes telling people how she feels Mm -hmm. and how it affects her without taking into consideration other people's feelings. Like, I feel like this is one of the first times we've ever seen her truly lie in this series, and it's not not the last. No, I We've seen her lie a few more times. Like,
1: I think white lies are totally okay. Yeah. Like, when she says, you know, I like, about, like, the, I'm bringing back the vision board because it's, like, resonated with me so much. But when she, you know, does all that stuff for Penny, it's, like, these white lies are okay. Like, I think that that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But when we get bigger, there's, there's issues. Although I feel like, to me, if I was in their situation, having a staycation wouldn't be the big, wouldn't be a big deal. It would no. actually kind of be nice. I, I almost would rather be, like, okay, so, like, you're going to stay home... I'm going to go away, like, let's have a nice weekend apart, you know, and I feel like it would be fine. So, for me, the source of conflict was a little bit off. Yeah. Um, it didn't really make sense to me. Like, I wish that there was something, I get it's a light comedy, mm-hmm. but I wish it was something a little bit more than just lying about where you are.
0: Yeah, because, like, that was my next question was, like, how do you feel about staycations? Because, like, I don't feel like anyone's ever against a staycation. And if you're <laughs> honest about it, if you're just, like, I need to get away. Like, it's nothing on you, it's nothing on our relationship, like, nothing's wrong here, I just need to go away for, like, a night or two. That's totally fine. Like, I've struggled before with guys that I've dated in the past being like, well, why don't you want to be with me? Like, it's like, I just want to go do my own thing right now. Like, that's just a, a thing. That's a, we're going to separate for a little bit. We don't have to spend every single night together. Uh, so that was, like, a struggle where it was, like, you have to really... I hate having to explain yourself in that situation mm. where it's, like, I don't want to be with you but it's not because I don't want to be with you.
1: I think it's harder too when you live with a person because it was so much easier for my space Mm -hmm. and my mental health (laughs) when I didn't live with my boyfriend um to be like okay so I need like two days off you know not off from like our love but just off from you. (laughs) I I, I can't I need a break. Um this time it's a little bit harder uh -hmm. but it's good because you know I leave for the entire day. Yeah. And he goes and hangs out with his friends and it's kind of nice and and wonderful and he works a lot. He's an AD, so he's constantly traveling for work and you know, I constantly wish I was traveling for work, but I'm going home in a month so I get a week off from boyfriend. I'm so excited. If he's he's probably going to listen to this. I don't know.
0: We love you. We promise. <laughs> You're a great guy. Um but no, like I definitely agree with you that this central conflict between Brad and Jane, it's not really anything that like it's not a driving force of the episode. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they have some really great moments in it. They find the really good comedic moments within it. Like when Jane is like trying to joke around with the masseuse being like, oh, I really T-zoned out there. And she's like, nobody appreciates my comedy. Like she makes it a point to say like, she's making really funny jokes and there's no Brad there to like counteract her and play off of her. So I think that's like, that was definitely missing from this episode. Like they are relationship goals to me.
1: I love them together. I mean, as a couple on a tv show i feel like couples are kind of almost portrayed as lame sometimes especially
0: the settled down
1: ones exactly the married couple it's like oh they're the boring ones but they kind of really try to not be and i think it's because they're surrounded by so many wonderfully bubbly single people that are kind of all messes Mm -hmm. and it's nice for them to be able to go home and sleep at night and be like wow we are the normal ones so grateful (laughs) that i don't have to deal with all of this random shit it's like when I hear friends talk about dating in Los Angeles my girls right (laughs) so I'm talking to them most of my girlfriends are single um they're all beautiful wonderful girls the dating situation in LA is really hard because everyone knows everyone and Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a big deal in the gay community but also in the straight community (laughs) because it's like oh you know this person like I don't know it's it's a never-ending like you can't in New York City I feel like you could Go on a dating app and you could meet somebody who you've never met before, none of your friends have ever met before, and you may never see again. Mm-hmm. Date- and dating in L.A., it's so weird because if you both live in West Hollywood, you're probably going to bump into each other again. Yep. If you both live in Studio City, you're probably going to bump into each other. And just the stuff that they have to deal with. Like, one of my friends, Megan, she has, like, this little web series where she just reads OkCupid comments. Oh,
0: no. And
1: it's, like, disgusting. A
0: lot of people on OkCupid are scary.
1: It's, like, crazy. Like, is it worse than Tinder, I wonder? Because I, I nabbed my boyfriend before Tinder was, like, a thing for me, so I never even joined, and I, (laughs) I just have fun with my friends while we're drunk, and I swipe, Uh but it was never a thing, so... I see those messages, but, like, the OkCupid ones are, like, so aggressive. You
0: see, I think OkCupid and Tinder are two different monsters. Because Tinder, it's, like, you can only match with someone and message them if you agree that they are for you, or, like, potentially for you. But then that kind of, like, brings your hopes up a little bit more, whereas OkCupid, the bar is set very low. (laughs) Like, you go into it being like, I'm going to get a bunch of shit today. Like, I think I've had my inbox on OkCupid full for, like, the past three months, and, like, I can't get any new messages because it's full, and I'm like... This is a blessing. And I'm like, if I want to message someone, I will go through and delete a few messages just to make space for any potential messages that may come up if I send them something. But I don't want anyone contacting me.
1: So you're the guy that when I call your cell phone, you don't have your voicemail box set up.
0: No, I do. You do. <laughs> it's full a lot of the time. Um, ha- My entire voicemail box is just voicemails from like me and my best friend. Just like going back and forth. We don't, we rarely talk on the phone, but it's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to leave you a 10 minute voicemail detailing what happened in my day. Treasure it. And because it's like we're in two different time zones, so it's Mm -hmm. a lot harder to match up. So I'm I'm a big proponent of not having to deal with people unless I want to deal with them, which is why I like Tinder. Mm -hmm. But then again, I get my hopes up and I'm like, oh my God, he swiped right on me. Like, let me start planning our wedding. And then all of a sudden he's just either A, super boring, Mm -hmm. or B, doesn't message back. Really? That happens a lot? My Tinder mantra is don't swipe right if you're not going to type.
1: That's so weird. Like... I, I don't know. I I always answer people. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like three days from when they text me yeah. and I just forget about it. It's
0: always the, hey, so sorry you <laughs> took so long.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, sorry, I was working and I looked at him. I <laughs> shouldn't have looked at him. No, I forgot that, about that's it. a
0: real thing that happens. Yeah. So like when people tell me that all the time, I'm just like, listen, we all have our lives. We all have our shit. Um, there was this one guy that I was talking to on, on Tinder of all places for like a few weeks, I would say we met up once. We actually watched Happy Endings together and like, Hung out, nothing happened, but he was like, let's hang out again. And, Mm -hmm. like, I messaged him a few days later being like, hey, like, I had a good time. Like, let's hang out. He was like, yeah, totally. A week went by and I was like, hey, like, here's my number so we don't have to, like, keep missing each other on Tinder. Another week went by and I was like, hey, dude, I'm going through and unmatching a bunch of people who don't respond to me. Are you going to be one of them? he's like, no, like, I'm just really busy. And I'm like, I'm unmatching you. I'm sorry. Like, I gave you ample opportunities to, like, even just, like, text me. You have your own shit going on.
1: See, like, the busy excuse, I always feel like a lot of my friends get that excuse, like, sorry, I've been busy. And I'm like, to be honest, and even my boyfriend will say the same exact thing, Mm -hmm. you are free enough if you want to be free. Yeah. Like...
0: You make yourself free.
1: Exactly. If you're busy, you don't really want it.
0: Busy means uninterested. Yeah. Like, I did have one guy who I was... We embarrassing we chatted on Grinder a little bit
1: okay not embarrassing not embarrassing you're making it work and
0: we weren't even like doing anything like send me a dick pic it was like hey how are you I'm good how are you doing and, like we live in the neighborhood like let's go get a drink sometime and I actually went to Booty LA which is like this big fun dance party in Echo Park and I logged on to Grinder when I got there and he was within range and I had like <laughs> I had given him my number like the week before and I was like okay like he's here if I bump into him fine and then he texted me to be like hey what's up and I'm do you like,
1: think he's, did he see you on Well, the I asked
0: app? him, I was like, oh, I just got to booty. And he's like, oh, I'm there too. I saw that you were close by. And I was like,
1: okay. Oh. And he's like, do
0: you want to meet up? And I was <laughs> like, sure. Um, so we like talked for a little bit. We talked for like 15 minutes. He was wasted.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was like, okay, like at least we met and it's not awkward now. So I texted him like later on that week and I was like, hey, like it was good running into you. Like let's get a drink sometime. And at first he was like, yeah, totally. Then didn't hear back. And I like followed up and I was like does this mean you don't want to get a drink? Like, I just want to be clear here. Like, I like clearing things up. I like exit interviews when Mm -hmm. I date people. Like, I I like finding out, or even, like, if I'm interested in someone and they're interested in me, I want to know, like, what it was, if it was something I need to work on, or if it was just, like, something on their end. Sure. And he was like, oh, yeah, sorry, I just, like, not going to happen. Like, I didn't really feel a spark, and I was like, What? Why? A spark from when you were drunk, and we met up and talked for 15 minutes. (sighs) I was just like, you know what? You clearly have your own stuff going on. So, like, I'm just going to walk away from this. This
1: is the worst.
0: Dating is awful. And I'm not happy that I have to do it again. But I'm also happy that I get the chance to do it again.
1: We need to find you a good man, Neil.
0: A good man. He must be out there. Speaking of good men.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Penny is dating this guy who loves taking her on these extravagant dates in this episode. Alex. No, no, no. Penny starts dating him first. Oh, no. Penny's dating the boring guy.
1: Yes. And
0: Penny is setting Alex up with the guy who likes the extravagant dates.
1: Yeah, because she's been, like, super loner, going Mm -hmm. to the movies by herself, reading the trivia.
0: Which, like, there's nothing wrong with that.
1: I take myself to a movie all the time. Let me tell you, I will go to a sushi restaurant, pick up sushi, bring it to the the movies, (laughs) sit in the back. Everyone looks at me. They're like, oh, my God, this girl smells like tuna. This is disgusting. (laughs) But you know what? I thoroughly enjoy myself also have brought uh spaghetti and meatballs to a movie
0: oh my god Um, magic
1: mike chicken fingers and french fries (laughs) i feel like i have very vivid food memories to these movies and um i am a big uh proponent of sneaking in things to the theater including wine juice boxes yes um very effective Mm -hmm. i know uh my boyfriend seamus and his friend morgan saw captain america today They brought rummy bears, uh, gummy bears soaked in rum, and I'm sure snacks, because I made sure to tell them where they were in the the closet. I'm like, you pack a backpack, sir. Do this up.
0: I love going to the movies alone, and I respect Alex for admitting it and saying Mm -hmm. that she loves to do the trivia, but Penny is like, no, like, let me give you one of my cast-offs. Ends up being this guy who loves taking her out on extravagant dates, and Penny gets jealous because the guy that she's dating, all they do is sit around and watch Con Air with the commentary on, so they Mm -hmm. find out more about the movie. So Penny decides, ooh, let's switch because I want the more fun guy and you are getting exhausted by all these dates. Sure. So you get the boring guy. What's the most extravagant date you think you've ever been on?
1: Oh my god. That's so... My boyfriend takes me out on really, like... um... Okay, let's just say our first, like, week of dating, he scooped me up really quick. Mm -hmm. We started talking before I moved to L.A., And then once I moved to LA, he took me out the day that, the day after I got in. So we went on our first date. He doesn't call this our first date, but we went to Umami Burger on La Brea, Mm -hmm. I think. And then we went for drinks at this Irish pub and it was really fun. And I had to sit in my car for an hour after we had drinks because I had to sober up because I couldn't drive home like a doofus. (laughs) Drank one too many beers, Jill. (laughs) I was staying in Woodland Hills at the time, which is nowhere near where I was. Uh, And it was like rush hour. And then he took me to mini golf and dinner, then dinner and a movie. Then actually this was like the best date. The date that he finally kissed me, which was five dates in, mind you.
0: Respect.
1: I thought that he was gay. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I do not know a man that would spend this much money on a woman. (laughs) And, you know, obviously he liked me, but I was like, what is going on here? Like, this is so bizarre. I mean, maybe that says something about me that I was expecting it sooner, but um, he was being a true gentleman. So... On our kiss date, I call it, Mm -hmm. um, we went to a pool hall because I had told him that it was one of my favorite things to do with my grandfather, who was sick at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we played pool, and it was amazing, and we got drinks, and then we walked across the street to a jazz club called The Dresden. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you've ever seen Swingers, the movie, that's where they go. And the older couple in it, Marty and Elaine, are actually still there and they sing at the club oh wow and it's kind of amazing and this was an open mic night so there was a bunch of really great jazz singers coming in and we had martinis and we were sitting next to the piano and it was just like so romantic and he just pulled me in and gave me a kiss and I said finally that
0: is so sweet (laughs) and
1: it was you know history from there but I my extravagance I don't need like the grand gesture I feel (laughs) like anything that you know you put thought into is really important so the reason why he took me to the pool hall the reason why he took me to the jazz club it's like all of these things made so much sense and just for him to take that extra time so extravagance like you know Alex was feeling. I have... has never rented out a restaurant for me. You know, who knows if that's in the future. Um, We haven't taken a, you know, a horse-drawn carriage around Chicago. None of these things. But um, I think it could... Extravagance means different... A different reason for everyone. So my extravagance is probably different than yours. Yeah. Which brings me to my question for you. Okay. What is the best date you've ever been on?
0: Oh, the best date. That's a tough one. I mean, like, I've gone... I've had my fair share of dates, mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll admit, um, but best date, would it be in Boston or would it be in LA? Definitely not in New York. The people I dated in New York were awful. <laughs> I don't know. Um,
1: like something, my best date always consists of uh, the forever conversation. Yeah. So there's no lulling conversation and it maybe could have been the simplest thing, but you just had the best connection.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm trying to think back. I'm trying to rack my brain here. Um, I mean, I don't know if this is, maybe, like, this is a biased opinion in my mind mm-hmm. because of where we were, but, and I was the one who planned it, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like, the most fun I've ever had on a date, I went to a midnight screening of Scott Pilgrim versus the world, um, mm-hmm. and, like, who was it? Mary Elizabeth Winstead was there, um, the writer of the original comic, Edgar Wright was there, and they had, like, a talkback afterwards,
1: so you were just freaking out. I was just, like, freaking out. I was, like, enjoying myself. Like, I was
0: in my element. But I don't know. That's probably not... No, my best date. Uh-huh. Okay. I was trying to impress this boy when I lived at the Oakwoods when I was here for school. Yes. Um It was actually kind of cute because I had parked my car in front of his apartment in front of his balcony, and he was up there on the balcony talking on the phone, and, like, we kept, like, making eye contact because I was, like, in the car, like, shuffling around, like, getting my stuff. And he kept, like, noticing me, and I kept noticing him, and I was like, oh, my God, you're beautiful. Um, and I did that creepy thing, kind of like Joey did in Friends, where he, like, counted the apartments up, and, like, counted (laughs) over to be like, okay, where does he live? And I left him, like, I didn't even, like, knock, I didn't want to, like, make it super awkward, but I left a post note on the door that was like, hey, like, you're really cute, here's my number, the guy who was cleaning his car obsessively, and he texted me and was like, hey, like, we should go out sometime, so we got coffee, and then I was actually, um, working at an internship, and they gave me two free passes to WonderCon Mm -hmm. down in Anaheim, which is, like. A semi-big comic convention, and I was like, "Hey, like, I know you're super into like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and comic books. You love the X Men. Do you want to be my date? Maybe, possibly." That's so, cute! so we drove down to Anaheim, and like ended up being super fun. We were like holding hands on the convention floor. Like, this was my first time like being at like a convention mm-hmm. like with a boy, and I was like, "This is so exciting!" And weirdly enough, so he and I bonded over our love of Buffy. Mm-hmm. And one of the executive producers of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is now an executive producer on Once Upon a Time, Jane Espenson. Mm-hmm. And she has a web series called Husbands all about, like, gay marriage. We were walking around the convention floor holding hands, and I get a tap on my shoulder. And this it's this woman, and she goes, oh, I'm just so sorry, like, you guys are so cute. Can I get a picture of you? And it was Jane Espenson. And I, like, I instantly recognized her and, like, started to, like, cry. And I was like, you... I, I told her, I was like, you're Jane Espenson. And she was like, yes, I know. And I was like, I'm sorry, like, we're such big fans of you. Like, we both love Buffy. Right. Like, I love your work. I love husbands. And we, like... She got a picture of us, and I was like, can I get a picture with you? Uh-huh. And then we ended up, like, exchanging emails, and, like, it was just, like, so nice, and, like, it felt like, it was, like, a really cool, like, moment for us. He and mm-hmm. I, like, never ended up going on another date after this. Like, mm-hmm. nothing could live up to that. And he was also like, I don't know if I want a date right now, and I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> okay,
1: see ya. <laughs> I also
0: moved back to New York the next month, so it all worked out.
1: That's adorable, uh, Neil.
0: It was, it was fun, and it was nice. Like, I definitely, like, I want, my dream date is mm-hmm. to go to, like, San Diego Comic-Con, dress up with a guy that I'm dating, like, dress up as, like, a couple's costume, and then, like, go out to a party that night. Yeah. Like, that would be, that's my ideal.
1: Okay, well, you better get on it. I'm trying. July's coming.
0: Next July. Okay. (laughs) That's, like, that's, like, that's, like, a, that's, like, a commitment right there, and I am not ready to commit to any men that come along. You do you. What's your dream date?
1: Ooh. You know, I have the biggest fear of heights. Like, my knees buckle Um, And I even get nervous when I'm in planes, but I would love to go to Temecula and ride in the hot air balloons. Oh, yeah. I see photos. I'm like a big photo person. Like I scroll through Instagram like it's no one's business. Like it's just like my board. Like I know a lot of people like that scroll through like Imager or, you know, like another like photo app, but. Instagram, I just like love looking at people's pictures and I get a lot of balloons because I guess I look at a lot of (laughs) balloon photos. Um, But yeah, I would love that and some champagne and possibly some dinner. I feel like it's just all very romantic. Although... He's done many romantic things for me. That's just one thing that we've yet to check off of our list.
0: So you're saying if you're putting it out there right now and he's listening.
1: I'm just just like, yeah, I might want to ride on a hot air balloon and drink good wine and and just relax. And maybe you'll get some kisses Mm. or some like other stuff. Whoa.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Turns out, though, with this whole plot of Penny and Alex, Mm -hmm. Penny is just never satisfied.
1: It's, like, such a shame because I just want what's best for her. Me too. You know, like, she just... The switcheroo, it, like, almost kills me because she just wants what Alex wants, oddly. (laughs) And it's so bizarre to me because... I've never been in a situation like that with my friends where I wish, like, oh, can we just trade Z? And, of course, Alex (laughs) is like, go. Like, don't even worry about it. Um, But I'm kind of, like, upset by the fact that we didn't find out sort of how that ended. Yeah. Like, there was no... It was just, like, she's really excited to go on this date, and then (laughs) that's kind of it. And then, like, oh, she wants the boring guy again. So I was like, I don't know. I I wanted to see more of that. I think it would have been fun.
0: I think... They, they definitely struggle with Penny because they don't want to give her too much of a story with a guy until season three, of course. Um, but they really want to, like, keep her on her toes of, like, dating new guys every week. So, like, that was their way of just being like, okay, like, she's not happy with either of these guys. Let's just kick them out the door.
1: Yeah. And, like, I love Casey Wilson. Yes. Um, the reason why I started watching Happy Endings was because of her. Funny story. Um, My first roommate when I moved out to LA, her name is Dara, and she was my sorority sister. Mm -hmm. So actually this episode fits in really well because my sorority sister introduced me to the show. (laughs) And we used to watch it... um, On its regular time slot, and then when it got moved to Friday nights, remember that? The
0: death slot.
1: Crushing. We were like, do we go out, or do we watch Happy Endings? Do we
0: pregame to Happy Endings?
1: I was like, there's two episodes, not one. Like, what do we do? So anyway, fell in love with it, ended up seeing Casey Wilson at a show at UCB, and she was just like, I don't know, I mean, Penny is such, like, a she's such a molded character Mm -hmm. and Casey is nothing like that. (laughs) She showed up and she had no makeup on. She was in a sweatshirt, jeans, and it was like a storytelling event. So she told a story and I just like developed the biggest girl crush on her. (laughs) um, Probably like you and Rachel Bloom. Oh
0: my God. Um,
1: And just, you know, like I just couldn't believe that she's so versatile. And now that I see everything she's done since um, Hot Wives, which like, I love mm-hmm. um, Gone Girl. Yes, even that. No, that was great because I was like pissing in my seat. I'm like, holy oh, shit! Oh my god! That's with my friend Tenny. I was like, oh my god! How does this? What? She's a neighbor? Oh my god! Um, but yeah, I I like fangirl for her hard. So, hey girl, if you listening, I'm gonna tweet at you. Yeah, tweet this at you. Um, but no, I think like all of her Real Housewives breakdowns and stuff. She's like such a, a great writer and mm-hmm. personality and. Hopefully she has um, some big things coming up. But Penny was definitely my favorite character so far that she's given us. And just the hopeless, helpless romantic, that Penny.
0: That's that's in all of us, really.
1: It really is. Penny is in all of us. I think that's why it was hard to be one character in the show because I feel like they're not going after one type of personality. Everyone mm-hmm. kind of has their little quirks, which I have to give a nod to the writers about that. Um, but Penny is just... She's just Penny. Yeah. And then, her, and like, Adam Pally, like, I love him too. And The Mindy Project, he's, like, one of my favorite characters on The Mindy Project, and mm-hmm. I love when he comes back in town. Um, but on this show, it was, like, so nice to see a character a guy and a girl be so normal friends and they're so similar people at least yeah. i think.
0: Oh yeah, no, their characters are completely on par with each other because they're both they're both messes in their own respect. Mm-hmm. Um and they kind of own up to it too.
1: And i think she appreciates him and he appreciates her.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of Max, the final story of this episode um is Max directing Dave's food truck commercial. <laughs> because like Dave needs something to do. He's kind of a boring character and doesn't have a lot to do. Um, After he gets left at the altar, he's just kind of one of those ones who, like, gets pushed to the back constantly. But we see um, Max and Dave doing this commercial together. And the first cut of Dave's commercial that inspires Max to become the director is just awful. And I'm sure that we've both had our our own experiences of doing awful, awful things in the name of broadcast.
1: I mean, yeah. I hope that they're buried somewhere. Um... I mean, I feel like even you sometimes will post clips on my Facebook wall that I'm like 30 pounds more than I am now. The only clip (laughs) that I like to
0: post is the one where... So we did this cooking segment on an orientation special in college and I prepared the food ahead of time (laughs) and they were supposed to sample it, but I put a lot of, what was it, cayenne pepper on top
1: of it? It was like this um, peanut ramen. So it basically was like peanut butter sauce on ramen noodles that you could make in your dorm room. And Neil just doused us with like red pepper. Because it looked
0: good. (laughs) Like the presentation was flawless. But when they tried it on air um it kind of
1: it just like immediately stuck to the roof of my mouth and then it was just burning (laughs) and we had no milk no nothing we still had a segment to get through i could not swallow that's how thick the sauce was and this was was all live too yeah like it was just i mean for me that was probably a career high and low at the same time And Neil loves to um, to bring that up, so I think I'm gonna need to to dig and and find something good. So if you're friends with Neil, I'm gonna make him retweet a clip that I tweet out of something very embarrassing that he did in college.
0: I will gladly do it. I will even give you some starting off points. Um, there was a time when I played a gay elf on a sketch show at school. Um, oh my god,
1: I played a pregnant naughty nurse.
0: Yes, you did. I on-
1: did. Um, what it was, was called, it called The Hot and the Bothered. And I think
0: I, think I was a camera person <laughs> on that show.
1: It was a soap opera. And it was like, and you know, like, God bless the the women that created it. They just loved one life to live and as the world turns. And they were just like obsessed with Melrose Place. So it was in that style except I played nurse Candy, and she was, it, like, the nurse outfit was literally what you would think a cartoon nurse would wear. <laughs> like, it was just, like, a white, slutty, low, like, thank God my parents never saw outfit. And then halfway through the season, I got pregnant and I traded in my nurse costume for, like, a muumu, like a white <laughs> moo. And it was just, it was just something that I'll, I'll always treasure, um, look back on fond fondly
0: yeah (laughs) i mean yeah that's what college is for college is for experimenting and at emerson college you don't experiment with your sexuality because that's a given you experiment (laughs) with awful presentations of yourself on tv
1: but this commercial was really bad at least the first iteration of it was terrible i i would not trust max no Um, yeah
0: he proves himself though Ish.
1: Ish. um, Makes me want a hot dog real bad. (laughs) That's like the only thing I could think of after that commercial. I was like, I really want a hot dog. I'm not just like the guy. Let's play checkers. You want to play checkers? (laughs) Like it was just so, I don't know. And they were so excited. And I feel like we've all been there at that time where Mm. we are just so excited to show people this thing that we created. And then they're kind of lukewarm about it. They're like,
0: oh.
1: my baby died like, and i know because we're both writers and we sort of i mean you definitely put it out there more than i do but there has to be those moments where you feel like oh my god i this is like the worst i can't even believe it
0: like you you go into it and you're like i did so well like i'm so impressed with myself mm-hmm. and then there's no response when you're just like well guess i'm retiring guess this is it it's nothing, the end nothing will ever live up to that because it was just so bad
1: Yeah, but you're constantly creating. I am. I feel like you can never feel too bad about something. No, yeah. You have to post. Your fans expect it.
0: I know. I know. (laughs) And that's what this podcast is for because while I may not be on YouTube all the time these days, I'm on iTunes.
1: Yeah, and you should totally subscribe to this podcast and give it five stars and leave a comment because I know that's what I'm going to do.
0: Thank you. That's not that is the first time that I haven't had to say that on this podcast, so thank you, Jillian. Well,
1: I do podcasts, yeah. so I know. You understand. At the you top understand. of the show. I'm like, <laughs> give us five stars. Do it right now. People. give us a thumbs up on YouTube.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you think this episode overall had a happy ending or was it just kind of a
1: meh? I was very meh about it Mm -hmm. because i am in love with other episodes yeah um yeah it was it was okay it was a
0: it was solid
1: and i think everyone else will agree yeah this was an okay episode it wasn't gush worthy no yeah i don't think we need to you know have an after show about this show (laughs) um nothing more that we need to delve into yeah but all in all i just really like how this show makes you feel good Um, the message at the end of every episode is life is life, but you still got your friends. And even when Neil asked me to do this podcast, I literally said, oh, happy endings, the funny friends, because I find this show (laughs) funnier than friends because this show pushes jokes Mm -hmm. in a way that friends doesn't. And I like the aggression. Yeah. Um, I appreciate Very, like, uh, aggressive humor and, like, uh, very obvious humor. And I think Friends, you know, obviously they have that, like, annoying ass laugh track. And, you know, it's just, like, for me, I prefer single cam. Um, It looks beautiful. The movement is great. The sets are pretty. um, So I can appreciate more about this show. I mean, obviously, Friends will always hold a place into my heart. Because, you know, they... Those characters are so iconic, but I feel like more people should have watched Happy Endings, which is a big reason why the show got canceled. Yeah.
0: yeah. It, it was tragic. I'm still getting over it.
1: I, I just, I don't, I don't do know. Like there are just shows that I look back on and it's funny because When I told a few people that I was going on this podcast, they said, what's Happy Endings? And I was like, it's not just a bar in Hollywood. (laughs) An Um, awful, awful bar. (laughs) An awful, like, dirty, (laughs) gross bar that you might get stabbed at. Um, Seriously, look it up on Yelp. (laughs) Uh, But it's just really a special show. And it's totally a shame that we only got to see a little bit of it.
0: Well, hopefully in the years to come, we will get some sort of reunion, revival.
1: Well, I'm excited to see them at the festival.
0: Yeah, Vulture Festival. Yeah,
1: which I love when casts come together. And- Who knows, you know, the Netflix revival is a thing now. It's
0: a hot thing right now. Hopefully
1: Amazon will get on the revival train as well. I
0: would be so down for that.
1: And who knows, maybe one of them will bring back our beloved happy endings because I'd love to see these people now because I have to be honest, the only person that I know what they're doing is uh, Alicia Cuthbert and Mm -hmm. she's on that awful Netflix show with Ashton Kutcher. Watched the first episode, had to turn it off. It's called The Ranch
0: don't even, didn't even bother. <laughs> did not even bother with it's
1: that. It's so bad. It's so bad. Don't watch it. Like, or watch it and just try it, but don't watch it. It was, like, really hard to get through. So I, I want the best for these people because I think that they're a solid bunch. And, uh, you know, now that... uh Damon Waynes Jr. is not on New Girl anymore. He's he's free.
0: We got we got some we got some free time yeah. on our hands. Yeah. Well, Julian, thank you so much for coming on this episode. I had a lot of fun talking to you yes. and uh, we'll get you back for a, a more gush-worthy episode. I would love that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, be sure to rate this podcast, subscribe to us, give us five stars, let us know what you think. Uh, as always, I'm Neil McNeil. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.